You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with me this week. I appreciate it very much. This week, I'm talking to my dude, Matt McJunkins. We have an epic talk. You may know him best from playing with A Perfect Circle, Poppy, Eagles of Death Metal. I mean, the list is huge. He has played with so many people. He is a very experienced musician, and we had an extremely solid conversation on this episode. But like happens sometimes, Patreon is even better. So if you want to get that conversation and you want to help support the show, please go to patreon.com slash tone mob, where for five bucks a month, you can get access to all of those wonderful conversations that I've had over the years that are behind the wall for all the cool kids to listen to. Some of my best work is back there, and that five bucks goes a very, very long way to helping me out. Also, if you would like to get the ad-free feed, that comes along with the $5 as well. Or if you just want that by itself, you can get that for $3 a month. So five bucks, you get bonus episodes and ad-free feed. Three bucks, you get the ad-free feed. And either way, you help me out absolutely immensely. I'm telling you, it is huge. So thank you very much to everyone that's doing that and anyone that has even thought about doing it. I really appreciate you giving it your consideration. But on to more free stuff. If you want more free content with yours truly, I was recently a guest on one of my favorite podcasts, and this show is going to show a side of me that I think all of you are aware exists, but I'm not sure has ever fully been exposed in this way. I went on one of my very favorite podcasts, the 3AM podcast, 3AM Scary Stories, and that podcast is something that I've been following for years. I've gotten to know the guys over there. I do not miss a week of that. I'm a supporter of the show as well, so I can get their bonus episodes. Needless to say, I'm a big fan, and recently they had me be a guest on the show. We had a really awesome conversation. It's about two hours long. I tell some stories that I've told on this podcast, but some that I definitely haven't, and I just really enjoyed the conversation. We do keep it somewhat music-related, especially towards the end when we start talking about some of the production techniques I've used in making my own music, but largely it's just a great conversation with some really fun dudes, and we get into some really weird stories that I you know, mostly have personal experience with. So if you want to go check that out, it is the 3 a.m. podcast. If you like spooky stories with a dash of dad humor and some current events and just some different perspectives than you're going to get on this show, please go check that out. Again, it's one of my favorite podcasts, and I was really, really stoked to be a guest on there. And you can find that wherever you are listening to this. All right, without further ado, let's get into this episode with Matt McJunkins. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have Matt McJunkins from, well, 
like lots and lots and lots of stuff. So we'll we'll get into it. But we were we were having a nice conversation without the mics hot, and I was like, hold on, we should just be recording this right now. So we're just gonna like roll right into it. So Nam, you talking mad about Ryan from Fuzz Rushes. No. Oh well, yeah, uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Terrible guy. Who, who terrible, terrible, guilty terrible. Guilty of, of linking us up. Um, that was very kind of him to do. I'm glad he did. Um, yeah, he's awesome. Oh uh, yeah, I was just talking about how how I thought it was really cool that uh, there's sort of this pedal community of of uh, creators and you know uh, going. I remember just I noticed that of going to Nam. That's I don't know, a handful of years ago. Yeah. Especially if you went down to like the, at the time, it used to always be on the, whatever, the sea level, whatever the like, not the main floor, but like the underground the floor is where, yeah. mm-hmm. is where like they'd have a lot of the like just cool sort of more like indie uh, pedal makers and stuff like that. And I, ha- I haven't been in a few years. Well, no, most people haven't. But uh, the last time <laughs> I went, I think at the time, you know, like, yeah, Fuzz Rocious, Death by Audio. Uh, a lot of those like rad, you know, pedal companies um, that I guess were kind of more up and coming at the time. Now they're blown up, you know, but um, maybe Earthquaker, but obviously mm-hmm. are blown up as well. Um, but yeah, anyway, and then, and then it was just funny. There was this documentary. I'm sure you saw it. On, it was like a reverb thing about, uh, I forget what it was called. Pedal. Yeah, the pedal movie. Uh, there you go. Yeah, of course. Yep. What else? I, can I, I, I weirdly was. I still have to like make sure that I'm not dreaming. Like I was in that movie. They came here and filmed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm so, like, what? Why? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah. You're like, okay. Pedal. <laughs> sure. But mm-hmm. anyway, just yeah, talking about how that community is really cool and supportive, and it doesn't feel as. Uh, competitive uh as some of the other like you know more instrument companies and stuff like that it yeah i mean it, it's a it's definitely i didn't really know it at the time but i i just was determined to get into this industry somehow and so i just wedged myself in but it wasn't as difficult as it might have been had it been a different industry because everyone's like oh yeah sure come on in you yeah. know, come, come yeah, hang exactly. out. Yeah, it's so, mm-hmm. so kind and welcoming. And like, you actually see people from other companies hanging out together. You're like, oh, that doesn't often happen with just, that's my, it's my rival. I, you know, it's <laughs> sort of art of war business practice with some of these companies, you know, mm-hmm. the case with pedals, it seems. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, it'll be interesting. I'm going back to Nam. This well, it's weird. It's because it's all screwed up. But yeah, the in, schedules. Yeah, in April, and I, uh, I'm like really curious how it's gonna go. I'm like gonna be stuck at the booth for the first time. In I, I've always been wandering, so this time right, I'm right. actually be at a booth, right. and I'm not sure what to expect because a lot of the big companies are still not going. Like, doesn't seem like Gibson, Fender, or PRS is, wow. is going to be back. I'm- Gotcha. Um, at least at this point. And um, I don't know. I really don't know what to expect. I think if the if the big companies don't go for much longer, it's going to change like the very nature of the event. And I don't know that it can continue in its old form without sure. some of those 
entities being present. So it'll be interesting to see what the future of NAM holds and what this year even looks like. Yeah, well, I mean, so much of our world has has really gotten used to this, right? This sort of remote mm-hmm. camera <clears throat> sort of thing. And, and especially for creative types, uh, you can actually collaborate and exchange ideas and the lag and the audio quality is is light years ahead of what it used to be only like a few years ago. Oh yeah. So it's, uh, it's kind of hard to justify doing a lot of those things in person. Obviously it's easier and quicker and and more fun, (laughs) you know, to actually hang out with other human beings uh, in the same room. But uh, obviously people are going to want to cut down on travel expenses and hotels and things like that. So and logistically, it makes more sense, I think, for mm-hmm. a lot of things. So, yeah, obviously, there's some hands-on stuff. You know, you want to check out a device or some new instrument or something, you know, of course. But I I would say a large percentage of the things that you used to have to go to a thing like that to do for some sort of business dealings uh, isn't really necessary, you know? It's it's really not. It's, yeah. it's very bizarre. And it's... I think every industry feels a little bit isolated, like, oh, let's change my industry. But you pay attention to some of the other stuff. Like I pay attention to a little bit in like the fitness space and things mm-hmm. like that. And they're saying the same thing about the Arnold, which was their big, which was their NAM, basically. Um, it's called they, the Arnold? It's called the Arnold, yeah. Right. As in Schwarzenegger? Like As in Schwarzenegger, yes. Wow. The Lord yeah. of all fitness. <laughs> I can see that. That makes sense. But it's just funny because they're. I'm listening to some podcasts in that space, and they're they're having the same exact conversations. Like, is it even worth setting up the Arnold? It's really expensive to set up at the Arnold. Yeah, yeah, like, like replace the Arnold with Nam, and it's the exact same right, conversation. Right, right. So, I think I do think that if uh, Nam doesn't pan out uh, differently mm-hmm. very shortly, I think the whole thing's going to have to completely change. I could see it like fracturing and becoming more uh regional and like not like one big show every year that everybody goes to warring warring factions of (laughs) nam (laughs) offshoot uh conventions i'd love to see that that'd be great well more like i could see the guitar one being its own show right or the the band and orchestra being its own show versus everything having to be at this giant hugely expensive place right but yeah who knows who knows also, the guitar industry, the musical instruments industry is uh, very stubborn. So maybe not. Maybe it'll just bull ahead forever. Who knows? That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So what do, you, what do you got behind you? I see it, the the thing got, as we started recording, I guess it kind of downgrades the quality for me. Yeah, it kind of fluctuates a little bit. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, we're at the mercy of the Wi-Fi lords. Yes, uh, of course. On my end. Uh, but it looks like, what is that? Fernandez or something? What is that? Uh, to uh, your right, next to the Gibson or Epiphone Melody Maker, maybe? Oh, the, the, oh sorry, the, uh, yeah, I got a junior there. Let's see. Whoop. No, this way. There we go. Your uh, this is great. Yeah, this is great next for audio. Pe- there. Yeah, exactly. This- <laughs> see, this is what people want to see. The- <laughs> <laughs> that like is... The guitars a- behind his head. And yes. I'm inquiring as to... Uh, what they are. Yeah, so that one you're referencing there is a uh, seven-string 
uh, Roni Paramore, and wow. it's the only one that exists. Paul made right. one seven string, as far as I'm aware. I definitely I think that's like it. Something I hadn't seen. Yeah, so it's kind of an offset shape. It's not, you can't see it great in the camera there, but uh, it's kind of an offset shape. It's black with a red pit guard, and it's got some really unique uh, humbuckers by Roadhouse in it that I believe are the only ones that exist outside of Ken's own personal shop as well. So that's kind of a nice, kind of a unique one there. Special, it deserves to be hung in view. Absolutely. So, yeah, and then the, the junior. Right next to it. Oh, sorry, I'm p- picking my nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got a eight string LTD there, which I am new to the eight string world, so that's and it's been an interesting ride. And then I got my Equits. Uh, no, there it is. <laughs> this is so confusing. Let's just do this all day. Let's point to random. Let's things just point the things. It's great, backward. great for everybody listening. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. It's my Equits uh, Rayburn. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a we're great providing guitar. we're providing uh, uh, accompaniment to the audio for those who aren't watching, so that they they they're with us. They, they that's right. Get a sense of the space. Yes, uh, exactly. We could be on you know the moon right now talking. <laughs> maybe we are. You know, maybe. maybe. Yeah, I guess if you listen to this far enough in the future, um, anything's possible. Yeah, who knows? These are evergreen. I still, it's still weird to me. Sometimes I'll go back and listen to episodes once in a while, just on a whim. I'm like, wow, I remember I was by a train track on that one. Like you can hear the train (laughs) going by and I'm recording it. You learn. Well, you know, I didn't have a choice. It was, it was just where I had to be at the time. And, uh, I was, I was recording it at my job oftentimes. So I would sneak away. Nice. And I'm always weird. Weirdly enough, my old boss just called me randomly today. Hi, Jim. Um, how you doing? Hi, Jim. <laughs> he, uh, he, he like walked in while I was doing an interview one time, and I think he just thought I was on the phone. He just kind of <laughs> sh- shook his head and like walked away. <laughs> I wasn't... I wasn't supposed to be doing that right. for, technically, but also it, it was one of those weird jobs where you're either running around like mad and you didn't even have time to take lunch and that's just what it was. Sure. Or sometimes you were just waiting for the clock to run down until you could go home. So, so it was not did, really uh, a happy medium there. You know, shoot a podcast. Record yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other guys were watching fail videos on, on their laptops and I was like, I'm going <laughs> to nice. go record a podcast. Nice. More, <laughs> more productive, more positive, uh, putting something into the world rather than, uh, being, uh, I don't know, wasting time being, uh, uh <laughs> amused at other people's demises, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, this, this podcast is a, supposedly about guitars and stuff, but it's really about the guests and you had, I don't even know where to start with you because, you know, just looking at your bio, it's easier to find who you haven't played with. I feel like than <laughs> it is to just list everybody that you have, but hmm. when did you start playing professionally and how did that happen? Um, so professionally, I guess started right after music school. So I went to musicians Institute, um, leading up to that, uh, I, moved, I lived in Palm Springs. That's where I grew up. 
for the most part. And yeah, I moved here, moved to LA when I was uh, 19. And yeah, I went to music as like moved here to go to music school. It was kind okay. of either either this, you know, LA and and musicians is to or Berkeley and Boston. And yeah, I was coming from Palm Springs. It was just easier. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, uh, so and I had a bit of a you know, there's more of the safety net if if everything went belly up, I could just drive back home an hour and a half or something out to the desert Um, Mm -hmm. as opposed to a five-day drive or a (laughs) five-hour flight. Um, You know, and also I think I was a little more drawn to Musicians Institute because it was, uh, and I'm assuming still is, you know, the kind of, or at least the major difference at the time, it seemed, in those two schools was that am I was a little more focused on contemporary music and mm-hmm. like getting you like its students into the world of making and playing and performing music. Um, whereas it seemed like Berkeley was a little more traditional, very focused. Uh, I think there was a lot of that stuff as well, certainly, but also there was a lot of uh, jazz stuff and a lot of focus on theory Am I felt more like just get out there and do it, you know, kind of right. And we're gonna, you know, and I didn't really have uh, the a lot of money saved up and you know, using student loans and those kinds of things. So I didn't want to go like crazy, crazy deep into t- t- debt um, or run out of the little bit of money that I had saved at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, I only went. I went for like a year and a half, which was like at the time they had, I don't know how it is now, but they had a, had it broken up as a, like level one, level two, level three. And each level took about uh, six months. So I went okay. for like a year and a half, but I went through all three things. Um, but I didn't stay to get, you know, like a degree uh, or, you know, like a bachelor's or anything like that. Cause I just wanted to get out and just do it. You know, I didn't want to like spend another two or three years in a practice space and like doing all the all the tests and all that stuff I, i'll figure that shit out as i go I'll just let's get out of here um <laughs> yeah. you know it was great it was i mean amazing actually i mean most things that i do or like people i play with and have worked with came from that experience you mm-hmm. know so going there um uh, at the time at some point while I was there, I think is when uh, Barry Squire started uh, kind of working with the school. Uh, I don't know if you know who Barry Squire is, but uh, he's he used to do. I think he's done a lot of things, you know, in the music business, A and R, and working with labels and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also a drummer. Um, you know, been a drummer for years, um, and he started this thing where he was kind of the guy who you would call that would, you know, if you were like looking to be in a band, he, or looking to get people to go on tour with. So like, you know, um, say an artist needs uh, a drummer, a bass player and a guitarist, they would, you know, the label or the artist or management, somebody would call him Mm -hmm. and they go, we need, 
people for this band and you know we're gonna go out on this tour and it's gonna be for this long so we just find us the people send us you know basically like applicants you know 20 or 10 of each bass you know, base, 10 bass players 10 whatever uh whatever the range was or you know um sometimes they would want just a few people sometimes it'd be like the crazy cattle call thing anyway he would he was the guy who would sort of have that Rolodex, that massive database and Rolodex of like, this musician uh, is this type, you know, that's this, their skill set is this, this is their experience, whatever. And he would kind of place people in with bands that he thought made sense mm-hmm. and or recommend basically. And you sometimes they would, link you up with people sometimes it'd be like an audition type thing and uh so yeah he was sort of the as far as i know at the time the sort of the, the main or certainly one of the main like sort of gatekeepers to that world you know mm-hmm. it was just like yeah you move to la get that guy's number and call it you know if you want to <laughs> if you want to do that you know if you want to go out on tour and play with other bands or maybe even just like be in a band you know because it wasn't Sometimes it was like a hired gun kind of thing. Sometimes with joining a band, all that. So I, uh, yeah, I got introduced to him and got his number and kind of got on his radar. And right as I sort of finished school, um, he started sending me out for things and recommending me and, you know, so I'd audition for bands or go play with people or whatever. And yeah, so that was kind of the, the, the sort of, cannon uh blast out of school straight mm-hmm. into to that world and while i was doing yeah, and honestly i didn't really know <laughs> still don't know uh ex- you know i never think like oh, this is exactly the thing i wanted to do or you know i just i just loved being around music in general mm-hmm. um and i knew i wanted to be a part of that you know uh of doing that thing for someone like me when I was a kid uh, to listen to and I have to look forward to, to going to shows or to listening to a new record or whatever. And so I didn't really know if it was like starting my own band or joining a band or being a studio session person. Cause I was listening to that stuff too. Like a lot of like Chick Corea, you know, his, the electric band and like, you know, I was like a total metalhead and into, a lot of different stuff, but I, through, through my older brothers who were into music, was getting into just all kinds of different stuff. So I kind of started learning at a pretty early age that, yeah, you not like, wait, this guy plays bass in this band. He also plays, you know, uh, Mike Inez plays, he's from Alice in Chains, but he's also played with Ozzy. And then, mm-hmm. but then like, how does that work? Oh, you don't, have to just be in one band your whole you know you can right do these different things you know and uh uh yeah rudy sarzo you know um um guys like that were really inspiring to me so yeah i uh i just kind of i guess fell into that sort of world of of just playing with different bands and and working uh you know that way as a bassist and yeah, it was pretty much full time right away. Um, you know, I had side jobs and stuff, uh, around town and whatever, but, um, 
the goal was to always try to be working enough so I don't have to do anything else. <laughs> no matter what it was, I was like, I've, you know, just it was always so much more fun to play music, obviously, uh, for me than to 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 work at a restaurant or whatever. Just you know, so I tried to avoid that as much as I could, even though I definitely still did plenty of it um, when I was younger. But um, yeah, so that was it. Uh, that's kind of how I got started into that whole world. Yeah. Everyone has a different entry point, it feels like. Some people, you know, they go to school and it, it happens that way. Mm-hmm. Some people, they just they just move to Nashville and start, right. you know, sitting in with everybody they can possibly sit in with. It, I've, there's no one-size-fits-all like this is how you get into the music business. It yeah, just, that just doesn't exist really, and it's a tough thing too because because that's a question that comes up, you know, with with people who seeking advice and things like that. And it's really hard to say. You're like, well, I know what I did, but I don't know if that's going to work for everybody. I mean, I think I think the the it depends on what you want to do and what your sort of like threshold of. Uh, failure <laughs> that you'll allow yourself <laughs> to go through and then keep going, you know, cause some people, I think a lot of sane people would, would, uh, there's no one sane in this business. What are you <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you go through enough uh, ups and downs and you just kind of go like, Oh, this is not for me and find something more stable. And especially, you know, if you, if you have a family, uh, you know, you have a, a lot of responsibilities, you can't go, I'm just going to go in a van and <laughs> go off for <laughs> months and uh, eat ramen with my friends and play shows, you know, and some clubs and like, you know, and your family's like, cool, I guess we'll just figure the rest of this out. Like, right, fun, yeah. you know, it's like, I yeah, uh, hope you have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Great. We'll just be here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, there's no, there's definitely no one size fits all. Um, but yeah. And also as, you know, as you mentioned, that things change and certainly have changed in the last handful of years. Um, everything, but you know, specifically with music and the music industry, mm-hmm. um, there, what, uh, what su- know, success or or what working is or how you find these different paths or these or even just finding the doors. Um, it changes all the time, you know? So I think right. for somebody who is maybe looking to do something like that, like move to LA or, or New York or Boston, go to Brooklyn, whatever, or Nashville, of course, um, any place like that, that's kind of a hub and a musical, you know, uh, a big music city, what steps you take to get your foot in the door. I have no idea right now. I have no idea. You know, I imagine some of it's the same, but I am probably a lot of things have changed and, you know, and obviously the people that I met who helped me along the way, uh, they might not be doing that same thing anymore. So it's someone else. And that's a huge part of it is, you know, I know it's a, it's a cliche. They say it's who, you know, but, if I hadn't met the people that I had met when I did, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what I'd be doing now, but of course, mm-hmm. I guess the, 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 the common thing, no matter what 
the road or whatever the path is and however the hell you start down that, um, you know, obviously just practicing your ass off and being diligent, I think is, is that's like, that's the only thing you can control really is like how much you give and (laughs) how much you prepare and like how, you know, how like being professional, you know, or, or trying to be whatever that means, you know, just striving for that and like having some sort of, uh, pride in your work or, you know, some sort of, uh, reliability, you know, something like that, I think. So that when you do get a call for the thing that you really want to do, you're, you're kind of there. You're like, Oh, cool. I can handle this. And not like, Oh, right. (laughs) uh, What do I do? How do I, uh, I have to learn 10 songs for this thing tomorrow, you know? Uh, Yeah, exactly. I I do think that that's never going to change. And I, I don't think the who, you know, portion is ever going to change. And I think that can be a little bit disheartening, not the practice part, but the, uh, the, who, you know, part can be a little bit disheartening to somebody from the outside looking in. Uh, But what I think is important to realize is that nobody knows anybody when you first start. Yeah. I mean, the, the, who, you know, for me was what got, um, I, I picked that up and met those people through the decision to move here and go mm-hmm. to that school. I didn't know, I didn't really know anybody um, at the time here. So, so, so that was, uh, 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 you know, I put myself in that position to, to do that. And, you know, whatever, it's also just a cool city. It's just fun. I don't know, it's, the weather's great. I, and I think that that's, yeah. that's a hack is like moving to a hub is a hack uh, for me having this show is a hack. Yeah, like it, of course. That's something I had no real intention or idea, but my whole career, what I get to do on a day-to-day basis is based on the people I've met, and I've met them through this show. That's awesome. So it's like, it's such a strange thing. Some people, I'm you know, part of some like podcast groups and podcasters talk to each other about, you know, growing their show or whatever. And, and yeah. somebody asks a question once in a while, like, what's the thing you didn't know starting out was like i didn't know how much of a networking hack this was i had no idea because you're calling or getting in touch with people that you would like yourself for instance that i would have no business talking to otherwise <laughs> like i wouldn't like why would why would we be talking to each other we Never. wouldn't be <laughs> for, you know there's no other reason right <laughs> and then you you get to not only do that which is cool in and of itself but now we're going to sit down for at least an hour put our phones down and even though it's through a screen, like look at, look at each other and just talk for, for an hour. Yeah, talk. And yeah. That's and great. you don't, what other format do you get to do that? In? It's awesome. I know I've actually, uh, thought about it. Um, especially when things were really slow over the last, not so much last year, the year before or the year before that. Um, I don't think I have the, the, <laughs> what's the word? the um not patience but i don't think i could sit down every week and and like schedule out far enough in advance like uh you know because you have to do this like really in advance and be regimented and and really plan things out and (coughs) organ excuse me organized uh 
And anyway, I, but I just thought it'd be fun for that reason. Just like, oh, like, like me and Jeff, me and Jeff Friedel, you know, we're like, mm-hmm. let's just get over at the studio, just set up a couple of mics and we'll basically do this and just like invite our friends and we'll just mm-hmm. talk. I don't know. Right? We're like, oh, yeah, 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 cool. But if we could do that and then someone else edits it and deals with it, and puts <laughs> it out, great, then it might happen. But until then, we'll be like, oh, I don't want to, I don't. I don't have enough time to do that. You know, I'm like, what, what other gear do I need? What's settings? Ah, we have got to be pedals to look at right now or something. Deal with. Yeah. yeah. What update do it? What app? Oh, Christ. Anyway. But yeah, I, I get the appeal. It's it certainly it, sounds like fun. It, it is a lot of that. That's, that's like a huge, huge portion of it. Right. Just like sending messages and emails and talking to like, okay, we're going to get, and then making sure that it comes out consistently. Yeah. Like that's right, the, right. That's really yeah. what makes it. You makes all the distance. difference. It's like a, yeah. it's a real, you know. It's well, it's it helps. I and mean, one of the hardest things to do is not to get people on the show, which is can be challenging sometimes for certain people. But like, it's not necessarily getting people. It's a little bit challenging, but that's not the main challenge. The main challenge is getting <clears throat> enough people. Excuse me. Sorry, listeners. I forgot to tell you. I'm still sick, so you're going to hear me making all kinds of weird noises. I apologize for that. You should uh, <laughs> when you should, you should edit it and put like a little beep sound, so it just sounds like you're just cursing or something. Every time. <laughs> just every every two seconds, like yeah, oh, yeah. that's not a cough. He's really, just swearing. Really yeah. angry today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's actually like getting enough people to tune in that you can generate some interest from sponsors and stuff. Sure, and, sure. but once you do get that, then the motivation to keep consistent is a lot easier. Cause you're like, well, sure. I told them that I was going to have this episode out on that day, not just for the listeners, right. But the people who are actually, you know, keeping the lights on, mm-hmm. like, oh, I told them I was going to do this, yeah. so I better do it. And as if I don't, they're not going to pay me. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's, that's certainly a, a motivation, but yeah, you're right. Even, even without the the financial factor, just knowing that there's a deadline, you know, because mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's the same thing with making music. You know, it's like, especially with DAWs, you know, you can, it's endless tweakability and re-recording things and remixing, whatever. And uh, if you don't have some reason to have something done by a certain time a certain date um why ever put it out because <laughs> because it, <laughs> it'll never be done you know you'll, you'll pretty much like never be completely 100 percent satisfied um I, i've said this to a lot of friends and it's still pretty much true but it's usually a song to me unless there's a deadline it's done when I'm just tired of hearing it. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I just can't bring myself to listen to it and change one thing. Cause I just don't ever want to hear it again. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. The, so either I put it out or someone else mixes it or, or does whatever. But my, my part in that thing, whatever it is, is done. <laughs> at that done. Point. I'm I, over I, it. I try to have it done before I reach that point. And it's not that I, it's not that the thing is bad or anything. It's just like you can only spend so much time hearing the same thing over and over before you're just like, I have no perspective on what this is supposed to sound like anymore. It's completely <laughs> escaped me. I can't, I don't know if this is interesting or cool or terrible. I have no idea. 
I'll let someone else judge it. I'll just put it up because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's this is all I'm gonna do. I don't know if it's the best, but it's what I the best I could do up until this day. Um, but also for like I I also kind of uh, like forced myself by. Um, like I would have a song or maybe even an, uh, not a lot. Of, I haven't done this a lot, but like just with a few singles and then like a record uh, solo thing. Cause I didn't have any, it was all me. And I don't know if you have people who like help you edit the show and maybe put stuff together with logistics. Yeah. Shout out Nick. Thanks. Doug, nice. Dude. Thanks Nick. <laughs> what, what? Um, but, uh, but with that particular project, that was just me. And that was kind of part of, the experiment. Like, let me just see what happens if I just, you know, th- there's no one to blame except me. <laughs> so, <laughs> they, whatever goes wrong, um, you know, but, but also just to get time. It was like a good way to like learn more, like learn more, you know, syncing up synths to different sequencers. And mm-hmm. I, I want to, anyway, that's a whole nother bag. But, um, just going like on on social media or whatever going like hey world i'm putting out this thing in two weeks mm-hmm. and i was like i actually gotta put it out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i actually gotta do it now because yep. i think it uh, in some cases if not all i would announce a date and and pick it out on whatever the tune core or something or, or band camp or whatever the thing was, but it wouldn't fizz. It wouldn't actually be done. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, Oh yeah. Oh, I actually have to. Okay. I okay. do it now. Yeah. Now I have the deadline. Mm-hmm. Good. It was like a good thing. Anyway. Hi, I'm Vincent and I'm here to talk about the Mercury X. My dad's always going on and on about how cool Maris is. He really went off on one about the Mercury X the other day. He said something about a 4,800 hertz sample rate and 99 preset locations and 33 banks and something along the lines of the most advanced reverb pedal ever devised by man? That's all true, but I only care about one thing. This pedal sounds sick. So make sure you check out the Mercury X. And all the other fine products at maris.us, as well as fine retailers worldwide. All right, Dad, now can I have my pocky? How exactly do artists get their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, all these services? How in the world do you get your music there? Well, in the past, you had to use something called a record label. But these days, you can use DistroKid. DistroKid is the absolute easiest way to get your music up on streaming services. And it's the most affordable way to do so. Not only do plans start at $22.99 for the entire year, that's less than two bucks a month, DistroKid also does not take a cut of your streaming revenue, unlike some other services out there. Even better if you sign up by going to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. That's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. One more time, that's ToneMob.com slash DistroKid. You'll get 30% off. That's right, 30% off. They're already extremely reasonable prices. So go to ToneMob.com slash DistroKid and get your music out there. I think, no, that's- I think that's huge. 
it's, I think it's really important. And I know for me, I've told this story like a billion times, but not to you. So here we go again. Uh, in 2021, I was like, I want, I want to put out a record. I'm tired of just doing pedal demos and whatever, just showing off the gear, which I love gear. I'll never not love gear, but I, I, why did I get into gear in the first place? Was because I love music, right? Like I didn't get into distortion yeah. pedals because I just thought distortion <laughs> pedals were so interesting. So you know? I feel like there's a hard times article coming on, like you know, about <laughs> somebody who who they have no interest in music. It's just purely purely gear. Yeah, I saw Kurt Cobain's DS1, and I just knew <laughs> I needed to have one. I just mm-hmm. man, I just love. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. Anyway, but but I. I but did that. I put a deadline on myself. I was like, I'm putting out an EP on this date. And it wasn't even close to done. I nice. had like yeah. a half a song done. It's great. And I told everybody about it. And then I was like, whoa, oh, well, I guess I got to do it now. Oh, and yeah. I, I did it, but yeah. it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was. And, you uh, pro- and you're probably like, yeah, I feel good about it. Oh, I want to change the thing. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. Yeah. I, I was pretty happy with it overall. Sure. There, could there be, I know more stuff now though. I know, like, oh, I could have done that a lot easier. Or better yeah, well, or different, that's part. But... I mean, that's the other thing, too, right? With I imagine with the podcast, you must have gone through this on, uh, in early days. Um, and I think it's the same with anything, when, especially when you're new, um, is uh, being learning to be comfortable and secure enough to let go of something that you've mm-hmm. made, you know, and, and knowing that, yes, a year from now, I'm going to listen to this and, and have some, maybe not regrets, but some like, mm, wish I would have done that or wish I would have taken that thing out or would have tweaked this, whatever. Anything that anyone creates, I'm sure feels that way about a movie, a, a painting, a, what a piece of music, whatever. And certainly with a podcast, right. You know, like, Maybe the way you recorded it, or the mic you used, or the way it was edited, or oh, so the way you yeah. put it out, or whatever. And um, but you just got to do it because that's how you learn, of course. So so the more you do that, the more you put it out, the more feedback you get from other people, and the more you just can can go through that yourself, the whole cycle, because it's because you can't really you can't. Uh, uh, recreate the feeling uh, of putting something out and then learning from it. Bless you, sir. You hit the mute and then did the, yeah, nice. I got to, I got to mute it that time. Sometimes nice, nice. I had a little bit of warning. Whew. The, still an opportunity for the, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can do it over me at random points too. So it just sounds like I'm, I guess I do this a lot anyway. Um, sorry, mom. Um, yeah. So, so just going through the act of putting the thing out and like knowing that, like, look, man, this isn't going to be the white album, <laughs> you know? It's, right. <laughs> it's just going to be whatever th- this is, and I'm just going to live with it, and then, and then I'll do something else next time, and it'll be the thing for that moment and that's fine you know Mm -hmm. and just as long as i i think i think i used to be more obsessed and i've heard a lot of people say this and i i I kind of starting to understand it a little more now is that the process of doing the thing is the fun part 
Mm -hmm. And kind of why you do it, of course, there's the thing at the end, the, the, the product, as, as uh, the people in the biz like to say. But, you know, that, the, the album, the, the episode, the whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the people making it, man, you better have fun and enjoy doing it. Because once you do it, the fun part's over. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, what's the totally. power? Like, ugh, you know. So, uh, so getting, so really being more present in that process and not just being like focused on the finish line only, you know, like being more focused about just like, let's just make this cool and have fun and like enjoy being here and hanging out. Or even if it's by myself, I like have fun just making creeds ridiculous. And then, cause as soon as I hit stop, that thing's over and like then i gotta edit it "Ah, it." (laughs) you know or whatever uh mix it and those well that's still pretty funny but but once you put it out and and all that it it, the the it's over right yeah the magic Mm -hmm. is sort of whatever magic that you felt is over um so so i'd rather just have the more of that and i and and it's nice to just put out more stuff you know like Mm -hmm put out something into the world, you know, instead of, uh, instead of just tweaking a few things, you know, I'd rather, I actually kind of want to, <laughs> I haven't done this yet, but, uh, uh, when time allows, maybe I'd really like to just do, uh, some things where I just like put out like a record a, a week or something, you know, or mm-hmm. a song a day. Okay, let's calm down. Maybe a song a week even would be like significantly <laughs> faster than the speed I usually work at. Something like that. Some kind of like really fast deadline. Um, of course, if I were to do that, I'd have to be doing like nothing else. Uh, you know, just sitting here and doing it. But um, something like that sounds appealing to me. You know, just just to see what would happen if I don't. Well, let's come back tomorrow and see how we feel about. It. Like, no, 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 just. Like we don't have tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. go. It's out. It's done. It's Mm -hmm. midnight. Is the deadline every day? (laughs) You know. I think. uh, I think it was a a rapper named Russ. I believe he did that for like a year or maybe more. A song every week. He was dropping every single week, and I haven't listened to a lot of it. I'm not a big hip hop guy, but it's still very respectable. Yeah, like you put out one every week, and and some of them I think hit really well for him. I'm sure they weren't all gold, but sure. the process of just doing that. Yeah. And that, like, yeah. And that's, that's it too, is like being okay with that. Like not having this like stranglehold and like everything has to be perfect. And then it's, you know, it's like, it's not going to be, even if you want that and you treat it like that, it's just not even the greatest, greatest bands, greatest artists, greatest records of all time still have a lot of songs on them you know <laughs> people just don't talk about it they're like oh this is amazing it's like cool put on the whole thing and just sit there and listen to it and there's a there's gonna be some moments you want to fast forward through uh, yeah usually usually um, um so yeah so just let go of all that just put it out have fun put it out put stuff yeah. out there put that's uh that's been a reoccurring theme on the show it's like just do it just yeah. rip the band-aid off and just go in whatever it is if that's youtube if that's podcasts if yeah. that's writing whatever endeavor you're trying to pursue just do it because yeah. that's the only way it's going to happen 
And if it's not perfect, that's fine. It's never going to be perfect. It's Don't not, worry about it's it. Definitely not going to be perfect. Yeah. Nothing is. I mean, even think about like really listen to Led Zeppelin sometimes. Is that perfect? No. There's yeah. like there's all kinds of sloppy notes. Oh in man, there. I know. I bring it up to people all the time, uh, especially with talking about uh, in lessons about the just the massive difference between the sound of recordings and the feeling of it uh, now versus yeah, like seventies or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, the fifties and sixties, the sound of the recordings has a, a very different thing, but also the types of players, because I think as far as I know, for the most part, um, you know, you'd have a band or, or sorry, a group or an artist, uh, you know, and they were sort of the featured thing or whatever. And then the people playing on the records, it was such a costly thing. And, and, you know, there weren't a, a million studios. So like to get, the people and the budget and all of this to do that was pretty limited. So they're, you know, they've had things like Motown or the wrecking crew, or it was just like, or muscle shoals, or, you know, it was just like this collective of badass musicians who just did that all the time, who mm -hmm. were really well-trained, really professional can nail things in one take and just like, boom, that's who was on a lot of those recordings up until a certain point, I guess, post-Beatles, they're kind of, I guess, generally the band you think of is like, oh, they play all their own? Mm -hmm. The first ones, you're making that like a really popular thing, right? Bands like, yeah, like the Stones and Led Zeppelin and, and all that, where it's like the, the, the people in the band are actually the ones on the recordings now Guess right. what? They're not. They're definitely less than perfect, you know. And they're not was, wrecking crew. That's yeah, for sure. yeah. They're <laughs> not like because they're not just. They're not doing that all day every day. You know, they're they're out living life, and yeah, they're awesome musicians. You know, but like they're just not super super. It's just a different mindset, you know, mm -hmm. of uh, of of like studio cats versus yeah. uh, band folk. And uh, so, <laughs> or, cats or, versus band folk. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, or even, I mean, even now to this day, it's like people who tour a lot more, even as professional sort of uh, backing musicians or hired guns or whatever. You know, like being in a studio versus touring, that's so different. I mean, the mindset's mm -hmm. so different. There's a lot of people who really focus more on one thing or another it's very rare that you have somebody who's like really really great at both mm -hmm. you know um but uh anyway you hear a lot of clunkers on those old records and i love <laughs> it because it's you know the vocals aren't perfect they're not tuned you know there's some ah oh god i really enjoy uh gene genie <laughs> David Bowie, there's this, mm -hmm. there's like that going into that first chorus where <laughs> the, I think it sounds like definitely a guitar and the bass. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say the whole band. It sounds like goes to the chorus before they're supposed to, or maybe they go when they're supposed to, and he's not ready. <laughs> it's like there's like a little bit of a hiccup. It's like bump 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 ba da da da, and you can hear him go get back on that, you know. I don't know if it's maybe maybe it was like a manufactured mistake or something, but it sounds pretty legit because it's like a little bit shaky, 
And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, here's the chorus. And then they go, <laughs> I love that. It's so, you just, that never would happen um, for the most part with any, especially anything like big, you know, that you hear on the radio or something. Like that was a huge hit, mm-hmm. big single back in the day. And it has that moment. Like millions of people tuning into the radio, oh, oh, you know, <laughs> it's great. It's just no one that just would never happen, or like you know, a drummer doing a big tom fill and like hitting the rims on the you know the sticks, hitting the rims, you know, like you do that all the time on, on this, especially like old rock records. Mm-hmm. I love it now. I'm like, oh, like I just anytime there's one, I'm like, oh, I want to hear that again. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear that. Oh, there's yeah. humans on here. Because there's on? humans, yeah, and it's there's some kind of inherent character, and I heard um, I'm not smart enough to even attempt to explain how or why this is, but um, have you ever checked out David Burns' uh, How Music Works book? I have not. It's no. great, great read. Um, it's kind of a a broad range of topics. Um, it's really cool, uh, like just going from you know, how, how we perceive music, uh, mentally and like what goes on in our brains or, you know, or, or how it affects people emotionally. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then there's, oh, there's like a chapter on how acoustic spaces evolved and, you know, it's, re- it's really cool. And it's, it's, you know, it's in his style. If you've ever listened to him do like a Ted talk or something, or if you're a mm-hmm fan of talking heads or his solo work. it's certainly even more interesting then but um uh and he definitely talks a lot about um oh yeah there's like a whole chapter on like or maybe it's the same chapter about acoustic spaces he's talking about like the scene you know like the cbgb's thing and and all that and anyway um that whole uh that whole evolution of of like how things kind of change over time and 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 it's it's really interesting anyway just just trying to think of of uh he he breaks it down in a in a a really kind of interesting way um that's way more specific what so so he's talking about when you go to oh listening to digital music okay when you hear digital music um there's something in our brains, I guess, um, that can detect when it, that it's not real. Like you don't really hear it. Like the difference between listening to, say, a vinyl record mm-hmm. that has mistakes and has imperfections, as opposed to like a digital uh, transfer of that. Okay. Okay. There's something about it being going to ones and zeros that it's almost like it's almost like a, a a dog whistle or something you just there's something in your mind that knows it's different um it's mm. very obviously very subtle so i think like with super tuned vocals or super quantized drums or whatever um obviously if it's electronic drums who cares really but if it's like a drummer playing that's been totally fixed you know it's just boring I think (laughs) even if you don't really, you know, there's something like snoozy about it. You know, you go to a, Mm -hmm. go to a show. Like I want to see people who might mess up, you know, like I want 
Because that's what, you know, it's like going to a Broadway play, you know, it's like someone might fall off the stage. Like, that's possible. Someone might forget a line or like someone might fumble something or, you know, because it's real. There's real people actually doing it, not just like mm-hmm. a bunch of well, robots. Anyway. Well, it's so funny because I, I've been getting more into uh, doing videos and things and I'm realizing how much crossover there is in you know, when you're using these digital formats to create whatever you're creating, yeah. both musically and in the video world, which is so funny to me because I've got this really nice camera that can, you know, shoot in 6K if I want and can Whoa, do all this crazy camera, stuff. The hell camera is that? What's that? What camera is that? Uh, it's a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema oh, 6K. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. next level, yeah. Yeah, I well, my, I didn't, I don't, I know very little about it. I'm just doing what my friends told me to do, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's a bad thing. Um, but, but I'm <laughs> realizing, like, I don't even, like, necessarily want things to look that way sometimes. And so now I find myself right. buying, like, Super 8 filters to put on, uh, yeah, to mess it up and make it look, camera, yeah. yeah, to make it look worse. Yeah. And we do the same oh, thing when, dirt. yeah, exactly. There's literally a dirt filter that I apply to things. It's That's got great. a little flex flying in it. That's great. I'm researching last night how to how to hook up VHS cameras to to run to digital format so I can play with some of the old stuff that my family has. And oh, cool, like. I'm nice. like trying to make it all weird and lo-fi and when I have like the highest fi thing I could possibly have. Yeah. And then I realized we do that with music too. We're like, oh, we need that warm analog sound. Let me get a plug in to recreate how messed yeah. up things used to sound. You know, it's just such a a weird thing that we do as creatives. We 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 chase the high fidelity till we get it. And now we're like, no, wait, no, actually I liked it better when it sounded like it was run through a cassette. Yeah, so that, that's something I really appreciated about, um, I don't know if you're a, uh, Tim and Eric fan mm-hmm. or a uh, fan of check it out with Dr. Steve Brule. It's one of my um, favorite things of all time. Oh Absolutely. God, it's the best. Um, For your wine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I heard this from. Maybe it was somebody who worked on, who worked with them or friend of a friend or something. But I heard that, you know, obviously when you watch those shows, especially this, the Steve Brule stuff, cause it's more, of a consistent style like it's all mm-hmm. that show the tim and eric stuff's a little kind of more all over the place but um whenever you're watching them watching one of their shows and it looks you know like there's like this editing like like on purpose you know mm-hmm. uh, for some kind of comedic effect or whatever um it's apparently that takes someone was like yeah it takes a, like the they have to do to make it look that bad mm-hmm. <laughs> is really expensive, <laughs> you know, because it's like they're not actually just shooting on old cameras and editing. Right. They're basically doing what you're s- describing is like, yeah, they do it all modern and then they have to go through all these like different applications and different different um, programs to, you know, run it through all these different things and probably different teams of people. Actually, I think maybe they do a lot of it themselves. Um, uh, that doesn't surprise me at all because it's so no. specific. You know, there's like such a style to that. Um, and it's so great. But yeah, apparently it's kind of similar to what you just described. We are brought to you today by Sweetwater, specifically the Gear Exchange. You may have heard about this. This is a place where you can go to buy and sell your used gear. Maybe you got a pedal over there that's just kind of collecting dust. 
Maybe there's something you've been eyeing from the Sweetwater catalog. Well, right now is a great time to turn that unused gear into something you're actually going to use. Even better, if you sell on the gear exchange, you can keep 100% of the sale as long as you choose a Sweetwater gift card as your payout method. That is not too shabby, because let's be honest, most of this buying and selling we do is just to fund new gear purchases, and that is a great way to reach a wide variety of customers and keep 100% in your pocket, or rather, on your pedal board. So go check out the Sweetwater Gear Exchange and turn that unused gear into something that's actually going to help you write that next huge riff. I believe it. Oh man, yeah. as soon as you said Dr. Steve Bull, I just can't. There's so many skits just running through my brain right now. We need we, uh, more. There's only four, there's four seasons, and each episode enough. is like 10 minutes long. It's not enough. Not what, even. Uh, what's a what's a favorite of yours? You know, it's been a minute. I was obsessed, uh, as were uh, me and a handful of my friends for a while. I think that was like the language we spoke for a few years um <laughs> kind of while the show was on you know like we actually had a new season to look forward to oh my god um the boats broats. the boats yeah broats. classic um <laughs> and get some, i'm not gonna pay no money for no no stinky old shrimp i'll just get them right here <laughs> That's the dumpster Honestly, shrimp. the first episode, the sushi or the food episode, mm-hmm. you know, where he, he's doing the sushi thing, and like that's just so classic. That's like showing that up. Anyone who's like never seen that show, and they're like, "What? What are you talking about?" And it's like, "Just watch this one episode, and you'll get it. You'll get it all. Mm-hmm. It's all in there. Like all the all the things that kind of they sprinkle throughout. It's like the." the the real <laughs> it's like a, a real uh um sample platter of all the the mm-hmm. greatest hits of steve brule i think in steve brule's national treasure I, we need more i know more so good, so good. um yeah I, one more thing to your comment about the video stuff i i picked up this cool thing um from uh critter and guitari uh mm-hmm. called the izy it's like it's sort of the same form factor as the organelle mm-hmm. uh, or one of their other synths. Uh, I forget. I know they have a couple. Well, I have an, I have the Septivox, but I know this is a, like another version of the organelle that I think is like maybe a little smaller. 
Okay. Anyway, it's it's looks like that, but it's a it's a video synth. Uh, so it it just generates these patterns, and I I guess it's analog. I, I don't I know nothing about uh, the video world whatsoever and how that works. But uh, I just saw a bunch of demos of it. I'm like that thing looks cool, and I used it to just kind of make some of my own videos. And huh. I just picked up like an old TV, like an old tube TV, ran that thing through it, and you can you can get crazy with like MIDI you know, sync it to MIDI and like have it kind of run through a specific sequence or that sort of thing. Also, you can just kind of tweak it and sort of play it like an instrument on the fly, which is kind of what I was doing. Um, and, uh, and then just filming that to the music. You can also sync it up so that it like reacts to the music uh, as well. Um, so it was really, yeah, really interesting gadget that I thought was really cool to kind of... It sounds like fun. I'm going to have to check that out. It's super fun. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, Thanks for that information. I've never heard of that before. And they made some other smaller offshoots. Like like that one does, you know, it's got a lot of different things in it. A lot of different presets, a lot of different shapes and designs and colors. But then there's like some smaller ones that they made that are like just a black and white one that does only like a handful of patterns but you know it's like more specific to to that i guess to that look like grainy Mm -hmm. and it it looks yeah it's like if you put it in an old tube television it just looks like an old video game it's it's very gratifying somehow it sounds like a lot of fun yeah it's really cool well we are approaching the end of the main episode and i have some classic questions i like to wrap this up with but before I do that, I'd like to give the guests a chance to take the floor, plug anything they want to plug, shout out their grandma if they want, or <laughs> you know, do do whatever. This is your chance to talk to a couple thousand people, right? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, my Dr. <laughs> Nick impression. Um, since your your guy's name is Nick. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 getting ready to do. Uh, go out on tour the celebrating Bowie mm-hmm. band um, with uh, Scro Peter Murphy uh, Adrian Ballou Mr. Jeff Friedel's playing drums um, Royston Lang- Langdon uh, a bunch of other rad cats uh, that's gonna be super fun I'm a huge Bowie fan so uh, that to me is like the closest thing I could imagine to being like playing, you know, playing in that Mm -hmm. band kind of, you know, uh, playing with some of the guys who did play with him uh, and then just playing those songs. So that's super fun. That's incredible. Uh, Doing the homework is uh, a pleasure. Um, It's like, oh, cool. I just got to learn a bunch of Bowie songs. Damn. That's not a bad way to spend It's not what I would do anyway, right? Yeah, it's like, it's (laughs) great. Um, So I'm very lucky uh, that I get to do that and have that opportunity. So yeah, that's going to be fun. That starts in like first week of April. We start in Texas and then kind of make our way around and end up actually, I think Portland is one of the last shows. Oh, maybe, really? Or maybe Tacoma, but definitely like in the Northwest you're in Portland, right? I'm in Portland. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm very fond of Portland, Oregon. Um, so 
Well, if yeah. you end up here, we'll we'll get pizza. Come out, please do. Yeah, let's go get some voodoo donuts. Go to Dante's Pizza. I don't. What would well, we be? We some spots. Okay, okay, okay. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. a great sushi place where just everything was massive. I forget what it's called. It's really good. Bamboo, maybe. Mm, maybe. Oh, good. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, salt and straw is from. Well, we have we have those out here now, but I think it originated there. It did. I Pine State biscuits. Sandy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh wait. Now you're talking. Wait, how about Tasty Incense? Tasty Incense is tasty great. Incense. I love Tasty Incense. Come on now. See, it's not really around anymore. It's kind oh, of. No. It's kind of in this weird. There's Tasty, which is more out in. It's out in Lake Oswego. Is that a different? Which is like associated somehow, but the original Tasty Incense is not there. And then there was oh, Tasty and Daughters, and it's very confusing. I'm not sure exactly like what all happened. Oh so, wow, that's such the a OG great. spot was so good. Yeah, go out to any. Uh, Edgefield. Uh, oh, wait. No, what's the... Oh, McMinimins. McMinimins. McMinimins is a solid solid oh, choice. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to keep dropping names. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been out there in a, in a minute, actually, so so I'll be curious to know what's new. Um, we'll take yeah. you around. It'll be fun. Yeah, please. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, uh, that, uh, that tour is going to be a lot of fun. Um, producing and uh, co-writing a couple of different projects. So hoping to have those done by, you know, in the next couple months, kind of leading up to that tour. And then I think we'll be tracking a lot of stuff in May. So hoping to wrap by like June with like three records and then however long that takes for them to get put out. Cool. So I guess probably not till maybe the fall or maybe something like that actually I have another record that I already worked with uh, um, this artist uh, Lux Lawless um, Lydia McIntosh she's been amazing we, we've worked together a lot in the last couple of years um, it's really fun to kind of just uh, get in the studio especially when like things are pretty limited and we're just like let's just make some music you know um, mm-hmm. she 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 hit me up and was like, well, let's, let's do stuff. So cool. That's been really fun. Um, yeah. So doing a lot of stuff. Uh, I do a lot of stuff here. This is sort of like my, um, writing and I track a lot of stuff here, but it's mostly like synths, drum machines, anything that's like a DI essentially. I'll do a lot of, I'll do, I'll do actually a fair amount of vocal tracking here as well. A lot of times with this mic, um, or an origin or something, but, um, yeah. Uh, then if I'm not here, I'll go over to Jeff Friedel's studio called Secret Hand Studios. Shout out to my boy. Um, that mm-hmm. studio has helped save my a lot in the last few years with just having a, a place to kind of be a second home. Um, we've, we've been working out of there a lot. A lot of times together, sometimes like remote tracking stuff or um, things that uh, I'll be producing and then Jeff will play drums in and sometimes he'll be producing a project. Uh, he just produced a record with this band called loser company that I engineered and mixed the record, you know? So like, we're just kind of like, Hey man, you want to work on this thing? Like, Oh, you're doing it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Let's do we've, it. We've been, we've done this before. Why? Yeah. yeah. Um, if it ain't broke. Don't fix yeah, it. Right? It's kind of like a, a yeah, silly joke with how many bands we've both played with together or worked with now. Um, and that list continues to grow, it just doing different things. 
Uh, yeah, beta the beta machine. Um, that's that's in the works. New stuff. Uh, working on our next record. Just it's been kind of slow with everything in the last few years, and then of course, me and Jeff have had to kind of juggle a few different projects and stuff. So like, we're just trying to like s- squeeze it all in somehow. <laughs> um, so we do work on it, just not as often as we'd like. Um, but it's it's shaping up really cool it's gonna be really fun uh and it's the first time you know because as we're working with all these other artists we get to uh learn how to so you know become better engineers and producers mm-hmm. and mixers and do everything not everything but do a lot of it ourselves and make mistakes and use the wrong mic and you know whatever <laughs> uh and um get better at it so as we work and develop our sort of our brains and and skills in that world um we're having a lot of fun growing that and then using that for our own creative purposes as well mm-hmm. so that's really like a treat we're like hey let's just yeah let's just go and make our own shit like Oh yeah, it's just me and you. We could just do whatever the fuck we want. We just do it, yeah. And we yeah. know how we have the an API sixteen oh eight and your Ooh. whole studio and like all this shit. You know, it's like yeah, let's just do it. You have a thousand drums. Uh, cool. Let's let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, that's really fun. Um, some more solo stuff I'm working on. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, I'm very lucky to have a lot of rad friends who make red stuff. Um, we're talking about pedals. Obviously Ryan is a homie and makes the most amazing a pedal that I, it's so funny cause he, 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 I won't say he pushed it, but I think, I don't know. I don't know if he just had extra of these and he was just like, Hey dude, you should check this out. But cause I was like really into his, their fuzz stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, speaking of, Oh no, where oh. is it? Hold on, I gotta show you uh, this. Oh boy! Okay, well, he's got up. something for us. Here we go. I did have it out. It's not plugged in right now. This is my. Oh yes! response right here for your space. For your space, dummy. <laughs> um, I. <laughs> for the audio listeners, uh, tell us tell us what you just showed me here. This is, I believe, it's a cattail uh reverb but uh oh my god afterlife is it the afterlife reverb maybe yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um that's so funny it's number look at the check out the number 311 311 huh? that must them i had that must be intentional um yeah so it's a it's a i think i think i oh yeah because they do custom art uh, and sometimes mm-hmm. So they have their own stuff. You know, Shannon does most, if not all of it. Maybe by now, they, I don't know. She, I think any of the, well, if it's not a kid painted one, obviously. Yeah, yeah, the, you know, kids do a lot. And so I saw that on their website. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And like, and I was just kind of jokingly was was talking to them, like hanging with them, I think, or, or on tour with somebody. And I was just like, hey, you guys do custom pedals, right? I'm like, what if, what if you're to, put mr brule on this uh reverb pedal <laughs> and and i showed her the the thing she's like i'm in i'm like yeah really yes. <laughs> great um cool so yeah they, they whipped it up it's really sweet really special um yeah that's sound obviously sounds great and 
But more importantly, I mean, look at this thing. It's pink know, sparkle. Like, pink sparkle. Sparkle. Dr. Steve Brule. Such a great, such a great piece. For your space, uh, dummy. Uh, yeah, uh, I love poison noises. This I don't know if you've checked them out, but they've oh, yeah. been awesome uh, in the last few years. I think, yeah, Jordan uh, just started this, started building pedals. Yeah, not too pandemic long. Pandemic style, mm-hmm. yeah. Just like, just kind of went, I'm just going to try this. And man, and I think this was their sort of their first, this is like version three, maybe version two. Yeah, I think it's version three of this pedal. But um, yeah, that's the jam, the crook, uh, and so many other great things. Death by audio. It's been great lately. Um, oh, screwed circuits. Do you know screwed circuits? I don't. Um, based out of Montreal, uh, Dan's thing. Um, really cool. He actually, they started a new thing uh, called... I have the Irvine's fuzz. Uh, I just got a lot of stuff over at Je- like I just came from the studio, so a lot of it's just sitting in my pedal board case. But I actually have a, a, a new one I'm, I'm supposed to give to a friend that I need to deliver. But anyway, really cool. Uh, they he he they don't have a ton of pedals. It's like really boutique and crazy, well-made stuff. Like mm-hmm. Irvine's fuzz is like this awesome fuzz that also has like a sort of a tremolo wobble effect built cool. in. Um, there's, oh my God. Oh yeah. So they're, they're working on this reverb tower. It's tower. like a spring reverb tower. It's called the tower. And it's like this huge wooden sort of cylindrical tower device Okay. Looks beautiful. Even if it did nothing, it would just look cool. Um, and that's kind of in prototype mode. Um, but I've I have had the chance to try one out with them. And so that's gonna be uh I think something they're they're still developing. But that thing's amazing. I I, I really I went when in <laughs> um but yeah, I man, I don't know. I I've uh, I just got hip to, uh, not hip to, but Ooh, uh, there. getting into fretless oh, world. Oh, yeah. This Tony Franklin um, P bass, oh, Fender P so bass. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm awful at this uh, still, but uh, I've been, yeah, I've been wanting to get into fretless for a while. Um, I've had some buddies who kind of, you know, Juan Alderetti, of course, is you know, of course, yeah, Fretless mm-hmm. King, and um, actually went to go see uh, Pussifer at the Greek. Oh God, is it last year? And uh, they they're really uh, not everything, but a lot of stuff was in fretless mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on the especially on the last record, uh, Matt Mitchell and um, Greg Edwards playing a lot of stuff but at that show i think greg was maybe doing failure at the time so josh moreau was playing bass with uh with pussifer at the time and anyway he's playing a lot of fretless stuff i was like damn that sounds good that looks fun you know just like you know just just fucking mooing all over the place and like (laughs) it's just a cool sound there's just there's just something really gratifying about it Mm -hmm. um uh, so I've been kind of like had that in the back of my mind for a while, and 
yeah so i'm like okay it's time it's time to take time, the dive time to go so for it i'm working yeah. it's and it's fun too because it's like it kind of in a way feels like i'm a little kid who has to like learn how to play bass again i'm like oh mm-hmm. um so yeah that's been really fun but anyway those are all the things going on um <laughs> yeah it's it's crazy i i don't know if i'm a workaholic or if i just really enjoy making music and like playing i don't know it's just photography stuff is is uh became of a bigger interest and a little bit of video uh but the last year or so i just have not really had much time but i started doing stuff where i was like making my own videos and just shooting a lot Mm -hmm. and uh I want to get back into that. I think I'll use this upcoming tour as an excuse, maybe. So maybe when you you see you'll be all up in your grill with with a camera. Sounds good. I'm here for it. Drone and a bunch of like, hold on, wait right there. Hold on, hold that pose. Okay, like this. Oh, I gotta switch the lens. Mm -hmm. I'll be that annoying uh, amateur (laughs) photographer guy. Yeah, I've done that guy before too. So it's, it's fine. Same. What's up with you? How about that? Why don't you shout out some stuff? What are you doing? Oh, wow. What's up with me? I shout out things constantly. Uh, I do that in the intro of the show. I do, generally speaking. Yeah. So whatever I'm trying to plug at the moment. Go buy some string joy strings, everybody. Um, please. Please. <laughs> my family likes to eat. Please go buy them. <laughs> please, sir. May I have some more? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do my own plug-in. Uh, all right, all right. You tell me off camera. How about all right, that, all that right. sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, but I do got I got two questions for you. Oh, and then, let's then go. We can go. All right, here we go. First one. What is your favorite boss pedal? That's an easy one. Actually, I was I was gonna make it sound like a. It's this. Ooh, the harmonist, Mister mm. Sam Stewart, uh, brilliant guitarist writer musician and gentleman uh i i he was playing this with karina around uh i don't i don't even know if it was when i was playing with her or maybe i was just saw them play the show anyway i've done both with them Mm -hmm. seen her play a bunch and played with her a bunch sometimes with sam and and he was there's a song called uh girl and the ghost Mm-hmm. And it has this uh, this effect. If you listen to it, one of Karina's songs, it has this like this crazy, like, what is that sound? Mm-hmm. And then we were, you know, then I heard him doing it live at like a sound check. I guess I must have been playing. Um, and, <laughs> hey, problem. Hey, there you go. Mystery solved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, dude, that sounds amazing. It sounds exactly like the record. It sounds really cool it's like oh it's it's the harmonist so i think i went i think this is my second or third one by now um Mm -hmm. i think i've destroyed a couple but yeah you destroyed them it's impressive it's It's hard to destroy a boss pedal use them a bunch you know it's Mm -hmm. usually well maybe it was just uh the input jacks and i got lazy yeah just got a new one The PS6. Good, yeah. Good pull. It's been a while since I've heard of uh, one of the pitch shifters getting a, getting oh, a shout out. Oh, it's great. So, I know yeah. there's another one. It's like super shifter, sort of. Like PS3, like I think. Yeah, I haven't maybe. messed with that, but this is a, a go-to for octave stuff. It's actually really great on bass, too. Like, 
going up an octave or up two. There's also a setting that I think is it's split. It's like up two octaves and then an octave below. And then you can mix that in with your dry signal. Mm-hmm. And it just does some weird... I like it because it doesn't track... I think it's probably better on guitar, um, but on bass, there's like a warble to it when it, it yeah. kind of breaks and doesn't track perfect. And it's like, just right. Just got this I, I actually like that. Yeah. When the, yeah. Some people are all about the perfect tracking. And uh, they, for some they things, I am for like yeah. sub, you know, like low stuff. Um, I'm doing this a lot lately. The Black Country, uh, Black Country Customs. It's a Laney, you know, Laney guitar mm-hmm. amps. They oh, also, that looks cool. They also do pedals, and yeah, this is a great for bass stuff. But yeah, it's like so when I when I want to do like the low sub stuff, that's like it needs to be really consistent. That's mm-hmm. kind of been the go to lately. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Final question. What is your favorite kind of pizza? Like place or toppings or? It's get as specific as you got to get. <sighs> hmm. Well, man, it's been a, you know, a true story. When I was a kid, actually working on saving up to move out to LA to go to music mm-hmm. school, I actually worked at a, I was a delivery driver at a Pizza Hut, Palm Springs for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, got to make my own pizzas whenever I wanted. <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, most recently I had a uh, Gino's East, which mm-hmm. is a Chicago deep dish place. But they also now have a location out here in Los Angeles. And oh, I did not realize that. I'm not any sort of pizza aficionado and certainly not in the deep dish world so i'm not going to get into the whole chicago debate of like who does the best deep dish but i know gino's is like one of you know it's on that list it's pequods gino's some other Luminati's, yeah 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 so so uh and i think i've had them all but i can't remember i'm like you know it's it's not the kind of thing you can for me, I can't eat too often because it basically just puts me in a coma and I sure. sleep. It's very, very filling. Anyway, um, so that's great. And there's once like the Diavola or something. It's like the spicy meat mm-hmm. and basil. It's good. Mm. So good. Mm. Um, that is fantastic. Other than that, oh man, I think just typically um, just some kind of like, I, I like. I'm sorry. I like Hawaiian. I like. Oh, I, like I like pineapple on my pizza. What's the? Uh, I'm in California. Uh, it's sunny. I want. I want palm trees and I want pineapple on my pizza. Uh, Fine. Well, whatever. I this. This is just. I, this was going so well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also really like um, like white sauce pizza. Like uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to like, remember where it's, like Alfredo or yeah yeah where it's like I think. Um, what else is usually in that? Like, like ric- there's one, like a ricotta cheese kind of white sauce thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe some spinach, that kind of thing. Yeah, I get on, used to get be on a with that. Great, man. Another pandemic loss. Uh, Arclight Cedars here in LA. Such mm-hmm. a great spot. Uh, the one in Hollywood, there used to be a pizza place called Stella Baria. And it was like the perfect date. You know, you go there and it's just right next door. So you just park. 
You don't have to drive all over town and deal with all the shoes. Go to one place. Pizza's right there. Go to the movies. Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to get, they had a pizza there that was like, it was like candied bacon and uh, 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 like sweet potatoes or something. <laughs> or like, no. Mm -hmm. Interesting. No, butternut squash. It was like butternut squash and like candied bacon or something. I can't remember what else was on it, but man, it was so good. I'm so bummed that that place closed down. It was great. Man. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in Rip. peace. Rip. Well, dude, this was a, a really good conversation. I quite enjoyed it a lot. I'm excited to see uh, what kind of weirdness we can get into on the Patreon section. Let's do it. Let's get weird. All right. Sounds good. All right, everybody. For Matt, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, folks, I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with Matt and myself this week. There is more content, of course, if you want to support the show over on Patreon. For five bucks a month, you can get access to all of the bonus episodes. Oh, there are so many bonus episodes back there. There are so many hours of content. And some of it is my best stuff. I'm not going to lie. Some of my best conversations are over there on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash tonemob. If you can support the show, that would mean the world to me. And if you can't, of course, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out. But if you could do one more thing for me, it doesn't cost you anything. And that is share this with somebody, whether it's on social media, in person, or if you got to like strap somebody to a chair and force feed them all of these episodes, I would appreciate anything you could do to spread the word to people who might care about this show because that is the only reason it keeps going. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I will talk to you on the internet very soon. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company. And I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things. And by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style. Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gun Street harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.
Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not so grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe to Grind podcast. Hey, this is Aaron from No Simple Road. I'm inviting you to come hang out with Apple, Mel, and I as we talk with the musicians, artists, chefs, authors, and beyond from the world that turns us on. We're reaching into the improvisational music scene, the psychedelic culture, the festival world, and getting to know what makes the people tick that create those scenes. Come join us on the long, strange trip over at No Simple Road.